Where'd you learn to pray like that? He said, I've been watching you, Dad. Ain't that cool? I'm your buckaroo. I want to be like you. I think you get the point. Those two songs written 33 years apart. The responsibilities of being a dad. Being a dad here at Lakeside, it seems like babies are born nearly every week. And it's a big responsibility as we're going to look at this morning what a godly dad looks like during our time in the Word. So please join me in Job chapter 1. Job chapter 1. Here we find an example of a godly father. And I know when we think of Job, we think of all the sufferings of all that he had and it was all taken away and how Satan uh, did everything to him but kill him. And all the, the physical ailments that went, it all went with the family. But I think it's important to also notice and, and look at Job as an example of a godly dad. And that's why we're going to be here in Job chapter 1. We're going to look at the first five verses. Follow along with me. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that man was blameless, upright, fearing God, and turning away from evil. Seven sons and three daughters were born to him. His possessions also were 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and very many servants. And that man was the greatest of all the men of the east. His sons used to go and hold a feast in the house of each one on his day, and they would send and invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. When the days of feasting had completed their cycle, Job would send and consecrate them, rising up early in the morning and offering burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, Perhaps my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job did continually. Well, the first area that Job stood out as a godly father was with the community around him. The community around him. We see that he was from the land of us, that he was blameless, upright. Blameless and upright. That means he had a innocent, free from blame, maintained a good reputation in the community around him. He didn't cheat others when he bought camels or sold them. And we think about that today. What about us? Are we blameless in our communities at Clearwater, St. Pete, wherever we live, with our neighbors and controlling that dollar weed? Are the cinch bugs in our lawns? And nobody ever has heard either of those, right? Nobody has trouble with those. Do others leave the room when we enter it? Do we battle road rage when somebody cuts us off turning into the church parking lot? coming off Sunset Point. There are a few dads described as blameless, like Noah. Genesis 6, 9, Noah was a just, a blameless man, and he walked with God. Or Abraham in Genesis 17, 1, God speaking, I am Almighty God, walk before me and be blameless. Can you think of any other examples in the Bible of those who were blameless, who God called blameless. 
Those are the only two. Abraham, Noah, Job. We can come back to that. I know there's many others we could name. Pardon? Joseph. Joseph, yes. Very forgiving of his brothers. How can dads today be blameless? It says in 2 Samuel 22:33, God is my strength and power, and he makes my way perfect or blameless. That needs to be our focus every day. In addition, verse 1 tells us dad Job was upright. Job was above board. He was honest. With my own dad, I remember growing up... Uh, my dad and mom had a floor covering business. And I remember many times growing up that somebody would say, you know, I don't like that carpet. I know I picked it and you already laid it, but I, I want a different color. I want a different type. And he would redo it for them because they weren't happy. He wanted to make sure they were satisfied. He wanted to make sure that he was above board with it. And many Many times he lost money on it, but he wanted to have a, a blameless, he wanted to have an upright, above-board testimony in that community that we grew up in. Here's a reminder of a father. This was written by a man named Edgar. He wrote this, a father's example. There are little eyes upon you, and they are watching night and day. There are little ears that listen to every word you say. There are little hands all eager to do the things you do, and a little boy who is dreaming of the day he will be like you. You are the little fellow's idol. You are the wisest of the wise. In his little mind about you, no suspicions ever rise. He believes in you devoutly, holds that all you say and do he will say and do in your way when he has grown up just like you. There is a wide-eyed little fellow who believes you're always right and his ears are always open as he watches day and night. You are setting an example every day in all you do for the little boy who is waiting to grow up to be like you. Somebody always watching. And as I'm talking to fathers, I'm also talking to mothers, I'm talking to parents. It's a big responsibility. And not only parents, but grandparents. You know, we have a responsibility as well as we're sharing all these reminders. You've heard it said, we may be the only Bible some people may read. So how we deal with people in the community, at Home Depot, at Lowe's, or Publix, or Walmart, our Culver's or Chick-fil-A reflect how we live as dads, as parents on a daily basis. I was going to ask this, how do dads affect our communities? Do they? Do they affect the community? In, in what ways? Set the tone today of absentee fathers and impact on the community they have. Okay, absentee. Too often about the church Right, and there's many opportunities. Yes? Well, just um, 
we're called to be leaders in the community and we set the tone and um, standing firm in opposition to that which is evil and that's that's a tough calling these days but we can't evade it right and everybody else right right standing up when nobody else is that can be very difficult quite challenging and where do we get our strength to do that and do we need that what once a week on Sunday how about every day every minute of every day okay very good so the first area that we saw here Job was a godly dad with a community around him the second area we uh, go on here in verse 1 it says the man was blameless upright and fearing God and turning away from evil that second area that Job displayed a godly example was with his relationship with God his relationship with God Job consistently revered and respected God like Abraham in Genesis 12 when God told him to go and he would show him where to go what did Abraham do did he think well God I don't know about this you better give me a, a pre-plan better let me uh, vote on it you better let me think about it he did what God called him to do didn't he just like we are as well I'm reminded of the hymn great is thy faithfulness I won't sing it but the words are good Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There's no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever wilt be. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Do we see God's faithfulness every morning? When we wake up here on this earth, someday we're going to wake up, I believe we will be in heaven's gates as well. And I know I've heard a lot recently, people longing to, for the Lord to come, for heaven to be. Am I the only one? You ever have those days? Say, Lord, what a... You could come back today. That would be great. But in God's timing, when the time is right, and God the Father says to the Son, it's time, then we will be in heaven. If the Lord doesn't take us through death, He'll take us, meet us in the air to be with the Lord forever. We show how much we fear and respect God by our priorities in life. Personal devotions family devotions, time in prayer, fellowship with fellow believers, all display our priorities in life. Not letting idols get before God. And I was reading a lot about idols, what can be idols, and I thought back to while working uh, as a chaplain at Pinellas County Jail, I remember hearing so many stories from different inmates and 80% of those that come into the jail are connected somehow with an idol called drugs and 
They would do anything. They would tell me stories how they would do anything to get drugs, to get a little higher because the last time they didn't get high enough. And so they would steal. They would prostitute their, their own bodies. They would do anything that they dealt necessary because of that worshiping of the idols of drugs. And as I was thinking of that, I was so thankful for the opportunities and Doug, Doug's here as well, to see inmates' lives changed and God deliver them from the drugs and they would testify. And when we would do a service over there with the inmates, we were more encouraged than, than we could encourage them because God is working in their lives just like He is in our lives. Part of what we do in our prayer groups is not only share our needs, but we share all the answers to prayer. Does God answer our prayers? Is it always the way we're looking? It's all according to whose will, whose plan. And that's the hard part, to say, God, this isn't going according to my plan, but may your will be done. And when we do that, then we can bring glory and honor to God. Are there any other idols that can get in the way of, of God in our lives beside drugs? And are there others? Money, cars. What is it? Money. Money? Cars. Cars? Vacations. Vacations? <laughs> sports. sports. Oh, no, not sports. That's, that's a... What is it? Coffee. Coffee. You know? <laughs> Got to have that coffee. Yeah. I'll take coffee, Doc. <laughs> there are many things that can get in the way, but we always got to remember we need to keep our focus on God. He is the one who is with us every minute of every day, and we will be with Him for how long? For eternity, when we put our trust in Him. Children watch their fathers and mothers, don't they? They watch their grandpas and grandmas and they see, you know, they're telling me this, but I don't see that quite working out with them. I've seen it and I've battled it at times, but we hear about what's called road rage. You know what that is? Oh, yeah. We never have that happen to us, but they hear, I hear about it in Pinellas County that it happens once in a while and somebody maybe runs a light, cuts you off, brakes. The other day I was making one of those left turns and it has a left arrow and this lady, and she was from out of state, so I give her the benefit on that. She's turning left on the guarded left turn and she stopped. I thought, why are you stopping here? This is a guarded left turn. And fortunately nobody was behind me and I had to say, please, move on. And uh, she did move on. But there must have been something that she thought, halfway through turning left on a guarded left turn, you're supposed to stop. But we had no accident, and I'm thankful for that. If we ever get close calls on the road, probably every, almost every day that we drive. Well, God knows us inside and out, and we can't hide anything from Him. What does Psalm 139 tell us? 
Does he know what we're thinking before we think it? Have you ever thought of that? God knows our thoughts. God knows what's going to happen before it happens. Because he's God. And so when we put our trust in him, he doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't have to adjust his plans. His plans are always perfect. We're the ones who pull back and we're the ones who say, God, I don't approve that. Rather, we should be saying, Lord, I trust you know what you're doing and I'm going to trust you in this situation. I was reading this last week. I get this publication called Loaves and Fishes. Inmates that have written different stories, sometimes a poem. But I ran across this one this week, and this was written by Lionel Jenkins, who's serving time in Crawfordville, Florida. It's entitled, Like Father, Like Son, I think I'll start by saying I am truly blessed for you to be my father, Lord. I know I've got the best. Completely unconditional, you've proved your love to be in a class all by itself, the very best in quality. You've taken all my problems, Lord, made them disappear, then went away all my worries along with every fear. You'll pick me up and brush me off. I know this to be true. You said you'll never leave me, Lord, if I just trust in you. No more lies will part my lips. There'll be no more deceit. For as long as the angels worship you, I'll sit right at your feet. I've run away from you before, but no more will I run. I'm going to spend more time with you like father, like son. Can we spend too much time with the Lord? Does the Lord ever say, hey, don't bother me anymore, John. I I don't want to hear from you anymore. You've, You've run your limit. He doesn't do that. Job feared God, and it says he shunned and turned away evil. He focused on obeying God so we can turn away from evil. That obedience has to be first. That warning in 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober, be vigilant. Why? Because who's, who's seeking around to devour us? Satan. And does he quit? Does he stop? Does he take the weekend off? No, it's 24-7 all the time. Turning away from evil sometimes means we have to hightail it out and run from evil like Joseph. Remember in Genesis 39. He ran. He had to run away from that temptation. A third area Job showed his godly character was with his family. It says he has, beginning of verse 2, seven sons and three daughters were born to him. It lists all his possessions, 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and very many servants, and that man was greatest of all the men of the east. And his sons used to hold a feast in the house of each one on his day. They would send and invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. When the days of feasting had completed their cycle, Job would send and consecrate them, rising up early in the morning and offering burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, perhaps my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job did continually. Job was richly blessed. 
had ten children. He had a lot of material goods. And it says at the end of verse 3, And that man was the greatest of all in the men of the East. He was well known. He had a close family, as is shared in verse 4, as his sons and daughters got together for the main meal every day of the week. Dad Job watched out for his family by setting an example for them. Every week, Job officiated as the priest for his family and set aside burnt offerings for his children. One dad, serving prison time in Kansas, realized anew the consequences of his sin as he wrote this article entitled Lost Years. And this was written by Richard Smith, serving at Hutchinson Correctional Facility in Kansas. I may never know what it's like to tuck my son into bed, to look at him with eyes of blue, to hear him say, Dad, I want to be like you. I will never get a chance to see my son grow. I've made many mistakes. I'm sure he'll know. During his childhood, I won't be there for him to call, to take him to the playground, to teach him baseball. I would have taken him to the lake, taught him to comb the lake through in search of the biggest fish to find the right spot and know what to do. All the great times we would have had. Aiden, I'm sorry, I'm not there for you. I pray you will live for Jesus. Any problem you have, he will see you through. Serving a life sentence in prison, still there. Also reminded of this written by Mickey Hughes. He's in Aberdeen, Washington. Entitled Little Hearts. Sometimes in life I've failed to see those little things so close to me. Those little hands that reach for love among those grown-ups way above. We don't slow down. We go so fast and fail to see what truly lasts. Those little eyes that watch so close. For them it's love that means the most. For nothing breaks as easily as little hearts we fail to see. For all they ask is only time. A second spent costs not a dime. But it's priceless to a little one and helps them love each rising sun and molds them into happy souls when parents fill their rightful roles. So many opportunities, whether it's little kids that are our kids, our sons or daughters or grandchildren, our kids here at Lakeside, we're setting an example. And how we spend that time, how we show standing up for what God's Word teaches, being thankful that we have another day to serve the Lord. There's a story told of three kids who were talking amongst each other. They were five, six, and seven years old. And the five-year-old says, my dad knows the mayor. Isn't that something? He can go to the mayor anytime and he can get things done. And the six-year-old said, well, my dad knows the governor and he really knows how to get things done. He makes sure the laws are passed. But then the seven-year-old said, but my dad knows God. And he hears him every time he asks for something. And he answers every time he asks him something. And I know 
my dad trusts in God too because I've seen it. Several years ago while still serving in the army, I recall a little five-year-old saying goodbye to her daddy as he left for Afghanistan. And I remember when they came back on the plane and that five-year-old was looking as people were coming off the plane, as soldiers were coming, and she saw her daddy. Five, she was six years old then, a year later. And she went running up and said, You did come back. You did come back. I look at this one father, Joshua 24, 15 says, If it is disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves today whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served, which were beyond the river, are the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. How hard is it to serve the Lord? He gives us the ability to do it. He leads us. He strengthens us. But what do we have to do? We have to submit to Him. We have to be willing to follow Him. And I ran across a few more challenges. And again, these are directed toward dads, but I think they're toward parents, toward adults, toward grandparents as well. This is, says to any dad, another reminder, there are little eyes upon you. They're watching night and day. There are little ears that quickly take in every word you say. There are little hands all eager to do all the things you do. And a little boy who's dreaming, he'll be just like you. There's a wide-eyed little fellow who believes you're always right and his ears are always open as he watches day and night. Again, a reminder that another person had recorded how important it is to know we're being watched. And then this final article I want to share with you was put in the, an, a magazine called The Shepherd and it's called Listen to the Children and grandchildren, and great-grandchildren. Take a moment to listen today to what your children are trying to say. Listen today, whatever you do, or they won't be there to listen to you. Listen to their problems. Listen for their needs. Praise their smallest triumphs. Praise their smallest deeds. Tolerate their chatter. Amplify their laughter. Find out what's the matter. Find out what they're after. But tell them that you love them every single night. And though you scold them, make sure you hold them and tell them everything's all right. Tomorrow's looking bright. Take a moment to listen today to what your children are trying to say. Listen today, whatever you do, and they will come back to listen to you. I praise the Lord this morning as we all do. We have a Heavenly Father who helps dads, moms, granddads, grandmothers to be godly and set an example to those who are watching. Thankful we have so many here that set that example here at Lakeside. Those whose dads are no longer with us cherish the memories. Know a part of dad lives through.
through you. As opportunities come up, fathers and grandfathers, be a dad to a child that doesn't have one around. And with God the Father's example before us, strive to set an example that brings glory to God. Families, we need prayers as dads and granddads to live godly lives. It's a daily challenge. I'd like everybody just bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment. So we close this study. This has been directly or directed mostly to dads, granddads, but it's to all parents. It's a big responsibility. It's a great responsibility God has placed on us. And we stumble quite often, but so our heads are bad and eyes closed. We just have to realize anew as as adults, as parents, as grandparents that we set a godly example like Job did in his family. As our heads are bad, eyes closed, if anyone needs prayer to be a better example to those children, to those watching around us, would you just raise your hand and put it down and I can pray for you this week. Is there anyone? Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for being our Heavenly Father. Thank you for choosing us, for saving us, for sustaining us, for keeping us. And I pray uh, for dads, for moms, grandparents, great-grandparents. Father, help us to set a godly example. We live in a world that's fallen apart. But you sustain us, Lord, day to day, minute by minute. You are our only hope and we are thankful this morning that we have to look forward to to be with you forever. And we know that time has started from the time we put our trust in you. Keep us strong, Lord. Help Lakeside to be a, a strong Bible teaching church as it has been. Sustain the leaders. Pray that all of us, Lord, will look to you for that strength that we need. That we would bring honor and glory to you today and every day while you have us here on this earth. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.